before we even get into that subject, we were just sitting here, we were just talking about homes, kids being raised in homes, and the effects of homes and right. how that plays on right. community, how that plays on kids in our community. Right. Tell us a little bit about your experience growing up and some of the things you experienced as a child, and maybe not even as a child, as an adult, in a broken home. Oh, it was challenging. Um, I, I experienced uh, some of the most challenging things, I believe, uh, that one could experience in a broken home. Um, it's interesting in a broken home, when you're dealing with children that come up from those type of environments, there's a crack in the surface, uh, a crack in the soul. Uh, there's a crack in uh, the thought process. And I grew up like that. Uh, my parents divorced when I was five. Uh, I grew up on the west side of town, very challenging part of town, uh, Bankhead Highway um, and Hightower Road. It caused some things in me and my siblings that, quite frankly, we're still trying to heal from. Uh, it's one of those things that if you're not careful and if you don't get around the right type of uh, references, the right type of mentors, in uh, the right type of direction, you can easily go astray because you consistently walk around with this anger. Uh, you walk around with these bricks that you're carrying in this proverbial bag that no one really understands unless you've been through it. Okay. Um, you recently started a mentoring program focused on 11-year-old uh, boys. 11-year-old boys to 14-year-old boys and girls, is right. that correct? That's correct. Um, what inspired that vision for you to start a mentoring program? What was your why? Well, the foundation of what started that was what we just, just got through talking about, okay. um, how I grew up. Um, thus, being the reasons that one of the reasons that I ran for sheriff, I believe that this is a calling. Um, and to understand the brokenness that I came from and being able to elevate to different levels now in my life, it is absolutely imperative for me to go back and try to give back, uh, to reach back, and to ensure that I can pour into someone else that may have similar needs. In addition to that, the environment that we're living in now, uh, the children are very challenged, coming from the same type of broken homes, but at different levels of brokenness. And it appears to me that we are, a number of people are seeing it, saying the oh my God factor, but very few people are doing something about it. Uh, and it's important that we do that. So the S3 is setting up students for success. And what we're trying to do is to go at the very core of where they are, meet them where they are, and begin to build them back up brick by brick. Uh, and you cannot do that overnight. You've heard me to say several times that no relationship, no trust. Well, this is going to develop relationship along the time frame that we're going to be spending with these young people. And so over the next nine months, we're going to take some time frame with uh, various students and their parents, which is going to be very, very important. Where well, the students will be downstairs and we'll talk to them in, in terms of where they are. We have a very structured curriculum uh, and we have a number of, of known and uh, well-known guests uh, that's going to join us every time we meet. Uh, but simultaneously, the parents will be upstairs and they will get the same type of message. Are you familiar with where your children are? Are you familiar with the cultures that they're in? Are you familiar with the type of things that they can and cannot do? Uh, you should be armed with that knowledge. What that would do is raise levels of consciousness with respect to the parent level that they are currently and to get them to the next level of excellence with respect to parenting one-on-one. -on -one. Awesome, man. Now, you hit it right on the head, Sheriff. You 
stated the root of the problem, and the root of the problem actually starts at home. Right. <clears throat> Your program is focused on not just the student, but it's focused on the parents and the student. Absolutely. What are some of the things that you want to kind of convey and bridge that gap between the parents and the student and rebuild that relationship of the knowing? Well, it's a holistic approach. Um, it is important that you are well informed about what your child is doing. Uh, nowadays, I get it. I understand. Uh, particularly from a single parent household, you get busy. You get into the busy work of life, trying to survive, trying to ensure that uh, the bills are paid, that you have a, a roof over your head. And what happens is, is that oftentimes the child is forgotten, not necessarily on purpose, but you have to be careful with that because if you're not raising them specifically, then the streets or whatever else will. And that's the type of things that we are experiencing right now in terms of the streets, gangs, organizations that are not for the good of the child is doing more rearing than the parent is. And we have to make sure that we shift that around to put them in the right, the right or the proper position. All right, I was recently in um, elementary school working with uh, Mr. Demetrius Dixon. You probably know him yeah. in the community. Uh, he started with vision boards. Yeah. And one of the visions that one we were going across the room and all the students said they wanted to be a millionaire, trillionaire, mm. thousandaire, right. whatever. It brought something to my attention to where, and they all said, they all said this year for basic necessities, mm. like rent. Mm. Do you feel that it's a culture being passed from generation to generation to set a survivalist mindset except for like excelling concepts? It, it is. It, it is absolutely a culture that is deeply entrenched in only of what they know. That's the problem. They are in an area where the people that have specific knowledge is only specific to their experiences. That's the problem. We need to broaden that circle with folk that have different levels of experiences so that they can begin to pour back into the children to say, do you know this? Have you seen this? Have you experienced this? Well, if not, then let's take this journey together. And that begins to take their mind to a different level with respect to, I did not know that. When you do those type of things, you begin to help grow up a child that has been stifled in their growth because of tragic or trauma that has happened in their lives. And if we can break those type of trauma-induced type of issues, we can begin to shift the cycle of things that these children are going through unnecessarily um, in their individual homes. Wow, that's awesome, that's awesome. Now, what is, just to give us an insight, because I know tonight is your first, I believe, session with right. the parents and the students, and kind of like a first thing. What are some of the things you're looking for in the, in the first mentor? Like, for, for those who are looking to partner, for those who are looking to even join or get their kid enrolled. I know you guys have a waiting list. I mean, you put the information oh, yeah. out right. and, <laughs> and no kids can sign up. I mean, so the need is there. The it's need is absolutely. definitely there. Absolutely. So what what are some of those first steps for those parents who are on the waiting list, those kids who are on the waiting list? What can they do? Because, I mean, they're in the battle now. What are some of the first steps that, that the program offers so they can kind of follow, you know, suit? Well, what we want to do from a basic premise perspective, there's an old proverb that says, in all you're getting, get understanding. Uh, so from our position, I want to be positioned 
to the point that we do more listening than we do talking. Uh, yes, we have a very structured curriculum, um, but it's important that we meet them where they are. Uh, the doctor will always say, I don't know what we have until I go in. Uh, What's well, important tonight and the other nights that we're going to have these conversations and dialogue that we have an opportunity to go in. Once we do that, we can step back a little bit, dissect, and dissect in real time. Got it. I see where you are. We see where the needs are and have the right type of expertise in the room to make sure we can address those needs in real time and as we take this walk and journey along together. That's the reason why we're partnering with so many foundations. If there is a need that is task specific to your child, we should have it in the room or we've partnered with that foundation to ensure we can get it for your child as we walk this, this journey together. Who are some of the, uh, now I know you listed like Shaquille O'Neal, uh, Greg Street, Yondro, uh, a lot of celebrities. Who are some of the partners and organizations that your program is partnering with to make this uh, vision a success? Oh, that's very few. I mean, that's uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Young Dro, T.I. Okay. Um, um, uh, Kevin Willis also okay. uh, uh, have partnered with us. Uh, the record producer, Rick Ross, okay. has also partnered with us. Um, Slim from 112 has partnered with us as well. Uh, the Usher Raymond Foundation has partnered with us as well. Uh, so that's just to name a few. Uh, and some of those people will be here tonight. Will Plack, which was a huge un entrepreneur that owns a club called The Bank. It's also a gathering spot. And a lot of people think that's short for Bankhead. And this, <laughs> this is probably a $30 million club. Wow. But The Bank is an acronym for its foundation that says Blessing All Neighborhood Kids. And wow. he is a tremendous resource that will be here every time we have this. And this is a very busy man. Uh, so people like that, some of the unknowns. and Also another unknown, but is a very integral part of what we're doing, uh, is another gentleman named Travis Barker. Travis Barber. Travis Barber was a kingpin in the drug game years ago and elevated to the level of selling 30 bricks a week, which is unbelievable. Um, well, he got caught, and those type of things eventually will get caught along the way. He did his time in prison. He's out now. He has changed tremendously. He is extremely educated, and he's all about trying to tell children, don't do it. Do not do this, and here's the reasons why. He is also partnered with us. Uh, and we're absolutely excited that we have those type of people on our team so we can meet these children and parents from a realistic standpoint so they don't think that we're just doing this for some type of pomp and circumstance. That's certainly not the case, uh, particularly given all of our backgrounds because we all come through some struggles. Frederick Douglass will say that where well, there's no struggle, there's no, there's no progress. And so we want to make sure that they understand that you're looking at maybe a suit and a tie or maybe an image now, but there's a struggle behind it that supports it. We want to make sure that you don't make these same type of mistakes as we help get you to where you need to be in your life. Now, it's funny that you said that, Sheriff. Uh, you, you made a st statement about the suit and tie and people kind of like drawing a stereotype on what they see. Right. And that was, it led into the next question that I wanted to ask you about. We have, we, we live in a culture now okay. where... African-American kids, let's face the first thing. You said African-American kids, they're growing up in broken homes. Some mm -hmm. of them. Some mm -hmm. of them. We, we know the statistics. You have the statistics, I'm sure, what's happening in the homes. Most of these kids are raised in survival mode. Survival mode. To right. Pay the rent, get the rent. And their focus is to be an NBA star, a football player. And, but looking 
how I grew up, I never saw a black sheriff. Mm. I never saw a black district attorney. Mm. I never saw a black commissioner. The only thing I saw was black civil civic leaders mm -hmm. who were fighting in the Martin Luther King style. Right. But I never saw it actually in position. Right. You understand? Right. How do you how do you bridge that gap where it seems that African American students or, or, or just African American kids or kids alone the way they respond to the voice of authority. Well, that was that I, I'm going to unpack that. There's several questions in okay. there, but yeah. um, re responding to the voice of authority is is given with respect, uh, even from an adult perspective. We need to make sure we respect these children in terms of what they have learned so far in their lives, and once we give that, we'll get it. We can demand it in return then, because that's, again, and all you're getting, get understanding. If they feel like they're understood, I think they will hear us a lot better. The children also need to realize that you see the headlines oftentimes with respect to I want to be this and I want to be that, but they always negate or most, most times negate the work. The work has to be done. You may see this NBA star, this rap artist that has sold all these millions of records and these this, that, and the third, but there's an incredible amount of work that is done on the backside of that which supports the word that we need to talk about, discipline. Discipline. You won't get anywhere in your life and be successful with respect to the same without being disciplined. And we're going to talk about some of those things. And a lot of these folks we're partnering with, and they're multimillionaires that will be here with us. But the grind that it took to get there, and he, here's the key, the grind that it takes to keep it. Because a large percentage of your NBA players and NFL players and baseball players, within five to ten years after not playing the sport, they're broke. They're broke. So it's important, that, it's important that they also understand, you know, fiscal management, that they understand how money works for you, how to make it work for you, uh, how to be very astute with respect to that, how important it is to have the right level of education to get at the table and to stay at the table. Extremely important things that we need to talk to them about along the way. That's awesome, man, because your partner right hand, man, um, community coordinator Shaquille O'Neal. Right. He played basketball, LA Lakers, right. alongside Kobe Bryant. Right. Um, he, after his career, he made it a, a a purpose to invest his money in businesses. Right. So, tell us about like how how do you how do you correlate first the discipline mm. and the vision to say, hey, do something greater. And and, and that's that's a very good question. The discipline is rooted at ensuring that your core group around you are smarter than you in every, in every aspect and that they challenge you in every aspect. If you're the smartest one in the group, there's a problem. If you're not being pushed, there's a problem. If the people in your group do not bring something to your table significant, they shouldn't be in your group. Wow. Categorically, if you can get those things in place, then growth is pushed and forced upon you because people around you are holding you accountable consistently. That's awesome, that's awesome. Sheriff, any information you wanna give, I know we gotta talk about the recidivism program, yeah. we're gonna to go to part two. Any information you would like to share with the community, um, those community partners that you're partnering with, um, any information you would like to share in moving forward with the S3 Success Program, we look forward to it in the community. Mm. We look forward to all the great things you guys are getting ready to do and bridging a gap between community and law enforcement. Any last thing you would like to share on that matter? Well, we're just humbled to be in this position, number one, and for the people that are in the right 
position of influence. We need your help. The talking days are over with, and this is a journey. It's not a walk. It is a journey that we need to take with these young folk. We talk all the time that one plants a seed, one tills a soil, and hopefully someone in this community will, uh, will reap the harvest. Right. That is a process. Uh, and we talk all the time about if you put an oak tree into a pot, there's nothing wrong with the seed. It's just in the wrong environment. So we get to make sure that the environment around these children are right. So the people that have the right type of skill sets, we need you to come along, regardless of who cares who gets the credit. We don't care about that. We're trying to shift and change a paradigm in these young folk because eventually they will be our leaders. And what do we do along the way to influence them? That would be our fault if we miss this moment. Awesome, awesome. Now, I, I got to ask this one last question when it comes down to the uh, programs that we run here in Henry County. Okay. One thing that I did notice, I interviewed Judge Hollyville. I interviewed uh, District Attorney Darius Patello. Right. We did, an we did an interview with Judge, uh, I believe it was Danielle Roberts yeah. and, ju and Judge Chandra Lewis. Okay. Okay. The narrative, <clears throat> excuse me, the narrative coming to Henry County. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, nar <laughs> the narrative coming to Henry County was, boy, don't come through that county because right. them boys, they, right. they gonna, they, it's done. Right. You know what I mean? You mm -hmm. are going to jail. It's lights out. Mm -hmm. I mean, people literally have fear. I mean, they still fear coming through Henry County, right. but it right. was just a different type of stigma. Right. You guys have uh, the, the, the new change of our guard in, in the way we're moving forward in the future. Mm -hmm. You guys have put almost prevention programs in place Correct. before these students get the going to jail right going are facing that harsh that harsh thing why was it important for you to put a program in place before they end up behind your bars and in your jail well the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again expect different results uh, it's important that we raise levels of, of consciousness prior to you experiencing a law enforcement um, and if you have to come into the walls of law enforcement, it's important that we have programs there as well to ensure that you don't return. Uh, and with respect to that, one of my number one goals is recidivism. Uh, it's important that um, people that come in contact with, fortunately or unfortunately, um, what's your background? 48% of the people that have come inside of the Henry County Jail that we found out in the last two years did not finish their high school education. That's important. That's extremely important because what they were doing was getting out of the Henry County Jail and going right back to the areas that were very commonplace to them. So we make sure that we partner with the right people. Morehouse School of Medicine, which has never been done before. Um, Southern Crescent Institute, the Urban League, and several other people to make sure we can develop programs like the GED program, uh, forklift driving, uh, welding, uh, teaching them how to fill out applications, even the white belt in Six Sigma. Who does that? Those are the type of things we're trying to arm them with the right type of knowledge to say, listen, we want to prepare you with certain skill sets that no one can take away from you. We want to get you in the job market that you can go out and you can sustain yourself with because now you're educated. And we're going to certify you with names, by, with Morehouse behind you and the Southern Crescent behind you. Those type of things realistically will negate the high levels of recidivism that we've had over the years. So it's important to do that prior to, hey, this is not where you want to go. Let's put in some programs to talk about what this will do along the way, particularly to your social security number. Children don't realize that you in these groups of gangs, if you choose that type of life, 
Once you arrest it, it is your social security number, not your friends. And that goes along with you the rest of your life if you're not careful. But even if you make those type of mistakes, it's all about second chances as well. Yet for the grace of God, there go I. And I dare us sometimes forget about where we come from and who helped us along the way. Well, that's why I consider this a calling. Even being in this position, some of these people need one word. Some of them need two words in redirecting just to make sure that they're on the right path. And who knows? I we probably would have stopped that person from kicking your door in, from going back to the same neighborhood and having so much anger and rage uh, that they don't know how to deal with certain situations that they take that out on somebody else. One of the other programs that we have is Fatherhood One-on-One. -on -one. That's another certification, te teaching men and uh, men how to deal with a holistic setting of the household. What do you do? What's your role? And you would be surprised on how many men don't know their role as a man inside of a household to develop structure to ensure that the household is progressive and successful. You'd be surprised how many people don't know that. So it's important for us to make sure those programs are in place so that we have, again, a holistic approach to make sure we can cover so we don't do the same thing over and over again and expect different results.